Join us, friends. Great Scott Spockeye. Do they know what we have in store for them? They will if they tighten up. And don't double dribble. To the Grey Ghost, Spockeye? Exactly, old chum. No time to waste. To the Grey Ghost. We have not a minute to spare. It's showtime, friends. All right, all right, all right, all right. It is Spockeye, and it is not Globetrotting with Trey. Where is Trey? Trey, where are you? Come on, man. Here, hit that button. Hit the, oh, it's me, right spy guy. It's me all along. <laughs> you were, it was you all along. <laughs> so, friends, we have Trey is actually in the Batcave today with me, and we're in a underground lair at an undisclosed location, mm-hmm. and we are going to talk about something that I found to be a fascinating story, and Trey thought to be a fascinating story as well. And uh, like so many things today, um, there was some people in here wishing Cotton was a monkey Mm. and in a big way, in in a millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars way. And we're really kind of aggravated about the outcome of this whole thing, even to the point where I would say that it's a possibility that there is people involved that may be even on the take maybe i felt that I, I felt it watching at the mm-hmm. end and what we're talking about is a new documentary if you hadn't seen it it's called pepsi where's my jet <laughs> and it dates back to do you remember what year that was yeah this goes back to like 19 it was, it says in August of 1999 is when it all went down, but let's say it started, it started before, before that. that. Um, and so I think that was about, it was about three years before that. So let's see if we can get an actual date on it. Um, and the actual date, it says 96. Yeah. in 96 found. Okay. So it happened in 1996. So what happened, unless you're my age, you probably don't remember uh, this commercial being on TV, unless you're in over 50, I would say, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it was was a Pepsi commercial where they were doing this uh, giveaway where you could use Pepsi points. Basically, when you bought a Pepsi, you could cut a point off and you could use Pepsi points and you could get T-shirts what were they doing? T-shirts, hats, hats. Um, uh, what did backpacks? Backpacks. Just different things like that. But in the commercial, they actually show a Harrier jet, a, a military jet, landing in front of a high school, mm-hmm. to the point where it's blowing the kids, the kids like in the room, on the uh, in the room. Yeah, teacher it's blowing stuff. papers and stuff. There's some kids outside in the. So room. clearly, it was yeah. And there's kids outside around the jet. So clearly, it was aimed at that age group Mm -hmm. okay so it was aimed aimed at kids that would be teenagers i would say to to uh up to probably 30 years old ish yeah you know is that fair yeah and the idea was is it was saying you know you can get cool we call it swag now stuff we all get but you can get cool swag and a lot of you just went oh i didn't know that's what swag meant (laughs) (laughs) did you know i knew knew. okay yeah i knew (laughs) And swag is stuff we all get. 
Uh, but they were doing cool Pepsi swag, you know, average T-shirts. T-shirts, and basically it was going to be Maybe a leather jacket. Yeah, it was a leather jacket. The kid was wearing a leather That's jacket. That's right. In a... So it was a thing where um, they were looking to get you to work hard mm -hmm. to advertise for them by wearing their stuff, which is pretty smart yeah. on their part. But and in it, Cindy Crawford and Cindy Crawford is, as well. I was I hoping they would give her a part of the gift, yeah. you know. Or... So at that time, Cindy. Uh, of course, was a giant heartthrob oh, yeah. and, uh, or a sex symbol. I think men would be considered a heartthrob. Ladies hey, be a sex was, symbol. She still, was she, she still a heartthrob hot. for she, you? Uh, yeah. Well, Pamela Anderson was my woman Well, just, at that's that a, point. That's but a completely different 96, subject. I was nine years old. Yeah. So. so you probably don't remember the commercial. I don't remember the yeah. commercial. Uh, so anyway, they land this Harrier jet, and at the bottom, they say, doesn't it say something like one Harrier jet Seven million Pepsi points. Yeah, seven million. Okay, so it was seven million Pepsi points, which I probably saw the commercial and went, "I'm not going to try to get seven million Pepsi points." Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And most people would do that, but there's an exception. There's one guy. But this one guy, the documentary was on Netflix. It's four parts. It's very, very good. It's very well done. The guy's name is John Leonard, and John, I think, was about 23 years old at this time. And John saw that commercial and saw 7 million Pepsi points and went, how much is a Harrier jet worth? They were $32 million right. at the time. So he's like 7 million Pepsi points to get a $32 million jet. Mm -hmm. I can find a way to get 7 million Pepsi points to get a jet that's worth 32 million and sell it and make money and be set for life. That's what this guy thought, which is, if you think about it, is a pretty, is a tall order. Mm -hmm. But you know what? He approached it in a business-like uh, manner, a business way, and and went for it, which you've got to commend him on. Now, something that's interesting about it was the way he learned about it, and they didn't really in the documentary they talk about this, but they didn't really push the point. But he found out about it from other people that were talking about how they could get the points to get the jet. Gotcha. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? They were thinking about how they could do it. Which made him go, oh, maybe I can figure out how to do this. So he starts brainstorming. And if you've ever seen the um, the TV shows where they're trying to solve a mystery or murder mystery, and they'll do the yeah. board on the wall with the thing and the pinpoints Pin and the strings and, the and all that. Faces of everyone. So he's putting the, the Cindy Crawford poster up. He's putting the jet up. He's putting the seven million points up and the and the different things related to this on the wall to kind of uh, lay out and kind of get an idea. And they show him, uh, they do a lot of reenactments in this, and they show him laying in the bed thinking about how he's going to do this, which if you think about it, I mean, it's pretty crazy to even consider how you're going to get 7 million Pepsi points. Okay? Right, but he was figuring out a game plan and about a warehouse and stuff, but he had one cool friend that he had made months earlier because they both had a passion for hiking. Mike, mountain climbing. For mountain climbing. Yeah, and hiking, hiking. yeah. And uh, they had climbed a, a mountain. Yeah. And this guy had money. He knew that there, there was a dude that had some money that just might be crazy enough to try this. Right. So yeah. he called him up on the phone and said, you never could get the guy on the phone. Yeah. You know, because he was out riding his motorcycle yeah. doing whatever he did out in the woods. He lived in the woods. Yeah. Uh, I believe this guy's name is 
Todd, I believe. Yeah, it was Todd Hoffman Todd, from my yeah. memory. Cool guy. Yeah. Really, he does come off as a cool guy. And he is a cool yeah. guy. And still mountain climbing today. Yeah. Uh, rides a motorcycle. Rides a motorcycle. Has a really cool house. And uh, just entertaining cool guy. guy. You'll understand what I'm talking about because he had some choice words about the lawyers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he was he was pretty straightforward with stuff, which I appreciate. I like just getting to the point. This is what it is, and you get to the point. Kind of sounds like a spot guy over here. Yeah. That's, but, uh, that's but my he, jam. But anyway, <laughs> Billy, so he calls up Tide and he explains to Tide about, you know, have you seen this commercial? So Tide wants to see the commercials. Yeah. So I believe the guy burns it on the v records it on the VHS. Yeah. Mails it to him or takes it to him. I think did, Todd, he, did he fly down? I think he flew to Todd's house. He flew to this is how serious Todd lived uh, in Florida, right? John was, yes. Yeah. And uh, so he flies to Florida, shows the, the commercial. They have to watch it two, three, four times. And sure enough, they're like, they they say for that much. And, and you know, John had had calculated that it would be worth $32 million, yeah. that jet. And, and so, so let's back up and talk about it for a second. So Todd, he explains it to him over the phone and tells him everything. But Todd can't visualize that. See, John, you know, so what I'm saying is John calls him and goes, hey, man, I've got this way. I think we can make a lot of money. Todd says, get a copy of the commercial. I want to see, see that. I'm see. not going to take your word for it. Yeah. I want to see it. So he literally does what Trey said. Back then, he did a VHS tape, mm -hmm. found, got the commercial, put it on the VHS, VHS tape, and actually went to his house yeah. in other states way away. Yeah. And sat there, put it in a VCR, and started playing it. And Todd went, "I remember in the in the thing, Todd goes, play that again, because he didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Play, play it, again. it again. And he said, didn't he say they watched it about thirty times? Yeah, they were like, he couldn't believe it. They're saying that it's legit. That yeah, it's it's up. You could win. Yeah. So so how are we going to do this? How and they are calculated, we going to do it? And I believe it ended up being that he was going to rent a warehouse or warehouses all over, like eight or eight of them." Not eight. It's probably not eight, but a few. I think there was, from my memory, there was four warehouses. And what they were eight. going to do is strategically place them um, based off of, basically what they were going to try to do was, was Todd would front the money. Right. They were going to buy the Pepsis. They were going to put them in these different warehouses to hold them. And so they could distribute them back out and resell them and do things. But they were tr really legitimately came coming up with a business plan. So what he told what Todd told yeah. John to do, go back home, write a business plan. You know, this is a great idea, but without a plan. Write a treatment, write, write a plan. And the Bible actually says, without a vision, the people perish. It does say that. So he asked him to write out a vision. Right. Tell me, how are we going to do this? So he actually devised a real business plan, much like, uh, it, I don't know how many of you have ever heard me talk about Fred Smith, the founder of FedEx. Fred Smith's college project, do you know this, was uh, in, in college, was to write out, to create a business, to create a business model, a business plan, present it for uh, to, to pass this college class, mm -hmm. and they failed him on FedEx. No way. That's fact. <laughs> Fred Smith failed. He presented the business plan for FedEx, and they gave him a failing grade. So, guys, that just shows you it doesn't matter. Everybody doesn't know everything. You can take care of business. That's and right. Make it happen, right? So I just think that's a fascinating story with Fred Smith. But it's the same thing. This guy, and I will say that if 
I was presented with the idea, I'd have said it was too crazy. Yeah. You know, no, nah, well, I'm not, I'm not spending and, time and on that. From my memory, they hash out some numbers and they come out to find that it was going to cost about $4 million. It was $7 million from my memory. $7 million. Okay. So, and, and then it was an enormous amount of Pepsis that they were Yeah, well, to they were going to have to rent warehouses. So they were going to have to get warehouses. They were going to have to get staff. They were yeah. going to have to rent all these different things to warehouse this stuff. But now when you buy a Pepsi and you take the thing off, you still have a Pepsi. Yeah. So they still had inventory. And, and then that's another thing, Billy, they were like, so what happens if we get 6,995,000 points and the contest ends? They were worried, literally worried they were about that. have all these Pepsis. That's right. In eight different places. And they, they estimated that it was going to take about, like, like you said, about $7 million to, to pull it off. Well, Todd had $7 million. So that was a doable, a really a doable thing. And that would include buying the Pepsis, the warehouse and all that. But in order to, to get $32 million in value in an airplane, you spend $7 million? That's not hard to figure out. So going back, this Todd is a, is a different cat. He's a cool guy. He's living out in the woods. He's climbing uh, these mountains in the snow. And he has seven, $7 million dollars that he is highly considering investing to do this. Yes. Okay. So he had the money to this. do that. You got to go watch this. Yeah. All right. So what happens? Billy? So he, um, now the thing that I'll say about Todd, the, uh, the cool guy, Todd is no dummy. Mm -hmm. He is smart enough to listen to him and go, okay, I have the ability to front the money, but you bit create a business plan. Let's talk about it. Let's see. I'll decide if it's viable and then we can work from there. So uh, John creates the business plan, takes it back and, and I'm going from memory, but I believe he takes it back to him. They sit down and look at it and realize that, yeah, we can do this, but, like Trey said, what if we get five Pepsi points from the end and the contest stops? It's over. And then we've got all these warehouses full of Pepsi that we got to figure yeah. out what we're going to do. And no chance of ever really making any real money because the money that they invested in the Pepsi, they were going to have to sell it for less. So unless they got the Pepsi and the jet, it was not going to physically work yeah. out. And what I like about Tide also, and John, if you're watching, you're a cool guy too, because you made this happen. He really did. It's but pretty amazing. What I like about your friend, uh, uh, Tide, is um, that he said, he, he put it in his hands, in John's hands, to make the the the, the, the plan. Yeah. And then he was going to let him make the decisions, because this was his dream. That's right. He was going to front the money, yeah. but it, he was going to trust his friend yeah. and let his friend be in control. And and Todd pretty much did that the entire yeah he did Sorry. now John and correct me if I'm wrong but I think the way it went was they they got to the uh, six million nine hundred ninety five thousand and ninety five point and, idea and they just and he like, went back to and he gave it back to John and John went home and thought about it when uh, he calculated yeah he said mm, it's it's too risky so two three weeks go by yeah and one night. John is in a uh, service station getting some groceries. He's a college student. He's still in college during his time, taking tests, going to boarding classes, whatever. And uh, uh, he's in a service station and he turns down an aisle. There's Cindy Crawford with her beautiful hair and her face and her body and all these Pepsis surrounding her. And in the, in the Netflix documentary that the lights go 
go dim. <laughs> yeah. that, that light hits with a Pepsi, you know, is focused on the Pepsi. And Cindy has a brochure where you can go and, and take the brochures off of the stand. Stand. It was a cardboard cutout, cardboard cutout. of Cindy with Pepsis all around her. And so he's looking through the brochure that shows the prizes and all the rules and stuff. And he flips to the very last page, guys. And on that very last page, Pepsi did something that a bunch of morons that runs a big company would do. There on the last page, these morons at Pepsi decided to say, hey, you know, if you at least get 15 points, you could pay us 10 cents a point and get as many points as you want. And he read it two times. He read it four times, five times. He ran to the nearest payphone. He called Tide up. He said, Tide, I found a way. This is how we can do it. Because he went and calculated. This guy was a smart guy. He said, all we have to do is pay $700,000 and we can buy the jet. So 7 million times 0. 0.10, which is 10 cent, is $700,000. $700,000. So we pay them $700,000. We have... Seven million Pepsi points. So, guys, what does this guy named John and Todd do? They write a seven hundred thousand dollar check. But really, they went over. They wrote seven hundred and eight dollars and fifty cent. Remember that? That is true. That because is because they went over, and I think the reason they went over was to cover the the Pepsi, the fifteen Pepsi points, just to be sure. Just to be sure. But I think they also sent Pepsi points. So to tell you how, so Todd cranked the check out for seven hundred thousand dollars. Right. So. Game over, right? We get a jet. We just bought a jet. I mean, it's their rules. It's in a brochure. Yeah, it's on it's... a commercial. And a smart guy, a college student, and his friend out in the woods, they, they figured out what they could do to win the jet. So what happens? So John, with a um, Tide, writes the $700,008 check. They hire a girl that's a, a CP. A, a, what's the legal term? A girl flies down with John to mail the check. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so what it was, okay, I, I know where you're going now. So they didn't want to stick that check in a mailbox. He was scared about mailing it just so over. So they figured out that the place that was receiving this, was it in Minnesota? Yes. Am I remember yeah, that right? I believe so. It was in a small town in Minnesota. So they flew to this town, or but North Todd Dakota, went. North Dakota. It may have been North Dakota. I feel like it's North Dakota because I, I correlated with an Elvis concert. It was Sioux City. Yes. It was close to Sioux City. Yeah, yeah, that's what then I was Then they saying. fly into Sioux City, and yeah, then yeah. I believe you're right. Um, so, John, I mean, Todd, the guy that wrote the check, the yeah. cool guy, did not, he was like, I'm not letting this kid with a $700,000 check just take off. So, he had a girl that went with him that was a CPA, CPA. right? What's she a CPA? CPA? So, she went with John to, to do this. They go to this small town and go to the post office. He didn't realize it was a post office address. He thought it was going to be their uh, distribution. Right. They thought it was a giant distribution place. For Pepsi. It was literally like a P.O. box. It was a little post office P.O. box. So and this, it was closed. It was closed. <laughs> and they get there. But they, they can hear somebody in the post office. So they knocks and the guy comes up and he gives it to him. Yeah, Cliff from Cheers was back in the yeah, back. Yeah, was you know, hanging out in the back. When Norm drinking a beer. But anyway, so... He gives the, the letter. So he flies back home and weeks go by and he's checking what, you know, how everybody's done it. You're checking for that package. You're checking for that return letter that you've written someone and the days go by. Now he, now he said, he starts thinking, oh man, did it fall in a, in a, a 
you know, did it not make it in the box that yeah. it was supposed to make it to, and it fell up underneath the, the box or something, you know? So and, I want to reminisce just a little bit with you older folks like me. Y'all remember the time before cell phones, the times before internet. Do you remember writing a, a letter to a boyfriend or a girlfriend or ordering something and just the anticipation and waiting. And then if you didn't get the letter back, you didn't know whether that person did <laughs> or if the letter got lost, you didn't know. So they didn't, you didn't know about ghosting back then. No, it was it a whole, through the mail ghosting. It was a whole different time. And I can remember doing things and going to the, uh, I had a PO box. I remember going to the PO box and going, is it there today? Yeah. Is it there today? So would y'all write like to a girl to invite her out to a date, but you would have to write it like a week and a half earlier to mail it. So make sure next Friday she could be available. That's to before get my time, right. but I'm sure so some of y'all might have to do that for real. Yeah. Now wow. we would have asked a girl, like I asked my wife in high school to go out on a date. I asked her to go to the prom was the first date that we went on. And uh, boy, I was terrified. You talking about scared. For real? Oh, I was terrified. The spy guy was scared was of asking her. Oh yeah. And, um, <laughs> And, uh, but she said yes. And, um, and, um, it was the long hair guys. You know, I had long, I had, uh, just beautiful mane of hair and, and, you know, she was talking about that tonight and how much she hated it. Yes, she did tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted me to get my hair cut. I said, I'm not going to go out with this long haired yep, guy, you know? Yep. And well, then Billy said, well, she married me. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Uh, we've been married for th over 35 years, so and dated for five. So we've been together for over 40 years. So anyway, um, that anticipation, I can, I could, well, I felt for it because I know that he was just going. Did did something happen? And yeah. see, in this particular case, he was hoping to hear back from Pepsi. You know, here's your Harrier. Now, guys, he finally did hear back from them, and let's listen, learn about what the heck Pepsi did. Those all right. So this guy, this kid sent them a check for seven hundred thousand dollars. He worked hard to get to that point. They sent him the check back and he followed their rules. He followed the rules. And by the way, the commercial, let's touch on this. The commercial did not have a disclaimer saying this is a fake contest, this is not real, don't try this. It said nothing like that. Although it did have disclaimers in other countries Canada. on the same commercial, Canada being one of them. Wow. So are they saying that Canada, uh, Canadians are so lazy that they wouldn't have gone for it? I don't know. Or that. are they saying that Americans would look at the disclaimer and go, well, I'm not yeah, I can't get the jet. I'm not going to yeah. work for any of them. Yeah. So it was two guys. Yeah. Two crazy fellas that would go to any depths to uncover stories and do what they have to do to make yeah. it happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. And get a Harrier jet worth 30. And he <laughs> even picked out a spot. This is so funny. John picked out a spot in his yard for the airplane. Yeah. And he shows you on the documentary, he goes back to the location yeah. and said it was going to be right here. Yeah. This is where when he, in his mind, he envisioned them pulling up and going, John, we've got your jet. Where do you want it? And oh, we'll just stick it right here, fellas. Man. And they had even planned, and we didn't touch on this. Him and Todd had planned on how they were going to make money with the jet. Yeah, they were going to take it uh, to air shows. They were going to travel it around, take people for rides in it. Which I think the Harrier <laughs> is a single seater, by the way. Um, <laughs> they could take people. But they were had all these different things that they were brainstorming and thinking about. Right. 
just kind of like me and you do when we're when we find a story and we're thinking about how we're going to tell this story. What's yeah. the best hey, way? Hey, 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 Billy. We just did one. We got a story right now, guys. And you we're guys not going to tell you. Y'all are going to blow. It's going to blow your it mind. It is going to blow your The mind. internet may explode. It may blow the internet. I told the guy when we were filming it, he said, well, what do you think is going to happen? I said, it may destroy the internet. It's cool. It's really cool. It's really cool. It's really cool. So when things like that happen, we don't just put it out. We try to we try to make a plan of how we're going to do it. But anyway, that's a completely different yeah. story. Let's get back to the Netflix. That's right. So let's get back to the Netflix thing. So he gets two, what the vouchers were, $15 a piece? Man, is, was, is that right? Or was it $5 a piece? It might have been $5 a piece, like pretty much for two cases of Pepsi. I think it was $5 a piece. So he, he got two vouchers. And the check, not cashed, returned to him, mm -hmm. which is like, mm, I don't know about that. Mm. You know, we did our part. We followed the rules. We did what the brochure said. You advertised to the nation that you could get this hair jet for 7 million points. So, <laughs> so quite disappointed. So he calls Todd and Todd goes, what? You know, so then they start talking to lawyers, right? Oh, yeah. And the lawyer, the first guy was Larry Schmantz. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, Larry Schmantz or something of that He's nature. He's a character. He's a really funny character. And they ended up even getting um, Michael Avenatti involved in it. Now, Michael, uh, y'all remember Michael Avenatti is the guy that was doing the, uh, the bringing out the Trump and Stormy Daniels stuff. That was Michael Avenatti. And Michael, I think he was representing Stormy, right? I think so. Okay. So uh, Michael, at the time when this Pepsi thing was going on, was not an attorney yet. But he was. He liked to investigate and try to figure out ways to win a case. He found basically. things on people. Yeah, he yeah. basically went out and found things on people. So he started searching. So this is an interesting turn. He starts searching and searching and searching and searching and searching because they're trying to come up with a way that they can put pressure on Pepsi, which by the way, got Avenatti in trouble mm -hmm. because if you're putting pressure on Pepsi and going, if you don't do this, I'm going to do this, then that is extortion. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's, there's times when you can do that and not, it not be considered extortion. And I can think of a court case that that's going on where I have been saying, if you don't do this, then I'm going to do this. But I don't consider that extortion. But in this particular case, um, basically what he did was he found out that it was in the Philippines. Mm. And in the Philippines, mm. people are not as well off financially. So they did a similar contest. And in it, they were doing things like um, you could basically win $40,000. It was a million, was it a million pesos? Yeah. Am I remembering yeah. that right? Yeah. And if you got a million pesos, you got 40, you would win. Basically, it would be equivalent to $40,000, which would change someone's life in the Philippines. So accidentally, am I remembering this right? Accidentally, they printed some, it was basically the Coke bottle top had a Underneath. number inside of it. Yeah. So you'd pop it off and you could use that number and, and use it to win different, you know, different things like, shirts and coats and hats and all that but you could also redeem it for money if you won the one and they had accidentally printed a whole bunch of them and, that were winners and the lottery number was drawn and it was that number 
that all everyone had. There was hundreds. So of all them. these people won, and they're like going crazy. There's you know they they're checking their their number, and they got it, and they got it. And so when Pepsi basically comes out and goes. Kind of the same thing they did to the kid. You know, I know we said the contest, our bad. You know, yeah. <laughs> which they wouldn't use that phrase back then, our bad. But basically, that's what they said, our bad. Our they bad. messed up. But the people in the Philippines that were, that were, that had a feeling of, of uh, hope, if you will, mm. from the ability to maybe win some money from Pepsi, didn't take it well. And there was some bad stuff that happened. They attacked uh pepsi trucks and pepsi drivers burn them, burn them. uh yeah people with died cocktail, with the Molotov cocktails people died um they actually attacked the pepsi distribution mm -hmm. and later in the documentary they allude to that they think that pepsi may have done that to get sympathy but they also said that it was a possibility that somebody else did it like coke yeah you know <laughs> Right, but I think that they made the uh, people mad enough that the people were just uh, up in arms. So anyway, Avenatti found that fact, mm -hmm. which is before the internet. Great research. Okay, so this guy went to the library research, and just right. researched and found stuff before the internet. Research is valuable. Research is very valuable. So he, his job was to go figure out an angle. So he gets this information, goes back to John, and John goes, "Yeah, look at this." They have a history of not following through with what they say. Mm -hmm. They take that to Todd, and Todd, the cool guy, goes, mm -hmm. mm. "I don't like this way, man, guys. I'm I'm not into uh, extortion. extortion. That's not my blackmail. my thing. He said blackmail, blackmail, extortion. That's not my thing. So I'm out. You know. So they start. They they kind of go, wow, okay. So Todd's out. So what are we going to do? So they do end up going to court. And they're sitting there in a room, or I wouldn't even say court. I would say that they went to uh, mediation. Mm -hmm. Okay, is that that fair? Arbitration. Well, I think didn't uh, Michael didn't go with him. I don't think Michael finished it. It was another lawyer. That's right. That's right. And so Michael they, was. Uh, 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 John, I guess, listened to Tide. Yeah, and brought Tide back in. Yeah, and they were like, "Man, we gotta get you know, gotta get rid of this Michael guy. Yeah. He's, he's gonna get us in trouble." Yeah, and later on. Right now, I think he's on house arrest. Yeah, he's in he's in trouble. Yeah, he's yeah. gotten in trouble for a lot of stuff. But yeah. he lived he lived life wild. And, and Ty didn't and have anything good movie. to say about it. Yeah. So you have to go and watch yeah. it. Now we've skipped a few things because you got to go watch the Netflix because yeah. uh, uh, John could have made a deal with Pepsi earlier on with the first lawyer, and it would have been a pretty great good yeah. deal. But he wanted his jet because yeah. he did what they asked, and he sent the money, and they made him an offer. They made him offer. And after the fact, the offer looks really good. Which shows they made him offer, which shows they the, knew. They were guilty. They knew they, they guilty did something of, wrong. of that. Uh, and then the best part is they uh, updated the commercial and they changed, you know, they added the just kidding. Yeah. Uh, and then at the and then supposedly it was supposed to start out and be 700 million. Okay, so let's talk about but, that. Uh, uh, people that approves the commercial said that that was too hard for the eyes. So they changed it to 70 million, right? Yeah, it was Michael Patty. That's the guy that created the uh, the commercial. Yeah. 
And Michael said that, that they had created a commercial and they had these people from Pepsi that were sitting there with the menu edit. So they were sitting there with the editor watching and they're the like, out. okay, this is the commercial. Let's watch it. And somebody in the room said, I just can't, it just hurts. What's that number? It was 700 million. Yeah. They said, what's that number? That's hard to see. That's hard to look at. And Michael Patty tells this, yeah. that this is what happened. And so they went, Okay, change it to 70 million. We'll take a zero. Yeah. So they changed it to 70 million. Still. And they went, eh, I don't know. That's that's still too hard to see. Let's change it to seven. So Michael Patty got the editor to change it to seven million. Mm -hmm. And they went, Yeah, that looks right, that right, looks right there. Right. I like that. They didn't, nobody took a calculator out and went exactly point so point one dime times seven million. So you gotta imagine <laughs> this, you know, you have all these big wigs. There's running Pepsi, making commercials, you know, they're big time. Yeah. And they're all a bunch of morons, like I like to say. And that just proves it because you didn't have anybody take the calculator out and read and fine print what y'all were saying about the, <laughs> hey, 10 cents, you can buy points and figure out that, well, for only 700 grand, somebody can win the jet. Certainly they knew that. And there was only two people in the whole country that, that, that realized it. Yeah. There's only two people. That really did it. That really there did was it. people that realized it because you remember uh, the people that told John about it um, are, were saying that they were trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. But John actually followed they through. Figured That's out. the difference. They, they followed yeah. through and, found, and yeah. found a way to do it. Yeah. So so back to that is Michael comes along and he wants to blackmail Pepsi, you know, play rough with the guys because he knew what they were going to be doing. Yeah which later on you find, you know. Yeah, well, he knew they so, were going to play rough. Yeah. So, you know, so pretty much this kid that did nothing wrong, just followed the contest and sent the check. Pretty much he's just screwed. I mean, I mean, it seems to me like nothing's happening for him. You know, now, years went by. Years by went way. by. It was, it was, it was many, many years before they went to court. Yeah. Many, 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 many years. So they get them into court in New York City. In New York City. Because they wanted New York so they would have an advantage. Which is Pepsi is in New York, which, by the way, Pepsi was founded, created in Newburn, North Carolina, which is one town over from where I grew up, which, incidentally, Elvis played in that town. And you have a show about I it. I have a couple of videos about that. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is Elvis was a big Pepsi drinker. Right. And I always wondered if Elvis was a Pepsi drinker because of that town was built around Pepsi. Right. You know, they had the Pepsi Museum and the very first place that Pepsi was created and all that. So it's possible that he kind of latched on to the history from that. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell a funny story uh, and I'm going to tell it really, really quick because you mentioned that you really don't drink Pepsi. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have, um, my daughter is 29 years old. I have not had a Pepsi, Coke, Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper, any kind of carbonated drink. I drink carbonated water because I like sparkling water, but an actual drink I have not had since she was a baby. Wow. She's 29 years old. So I have always told people that I can still remember what Pepsi tastes like. Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper, Coke, mm -hmm. uh, Mellow Yellow, RC Cola, uh, Sprite, they all have, in my mind, they all have a very specific taste. So this past winter, I was in North Carolina, my brother and his wife, my sister and her husband, and me and my wife all got an Airbnb together so we could 
could hang out with my mom, which lives in, we were in Winterville, North Carolina. My mom lives in Greenville. So we did that so we could all be together and we played cards and hung out and did stuff, you know? So I was talking about that. And my brother said, well, you know, let's test it and see if you can taste it. So he set up for all of us, everybody in the room, he set up us to do a taste challenge and he did Pepsi, Coke, um, I, I, and I'm going from memory. I think Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper, maybe RC Cola. There was six of them. I remember that. And I actually filmed it. I've not put the video out yet, but I did film this. Great. And I didn't do a great job filming it because it was kind of impromptu. Mm-hmm. It wasn't planned. We just, and I yeah. said, well, let me get the camera, you know. Um, so anyway, I, out of six, got one right. Okay. Out of six. And um, my brother, my sister's husband, Aldo, got all six right. Now, Aldo smokes cigars and and drinks mixed drinks. Yeah. A lot of mixed drinks. Yeah, yeah. And you would think that his palate would probably be the worst of anybody. <laughs> he's the best. <laughs> because he's the only one of us that smokes. But his was the best, which is crazy. Let me tell y'all, this sounds crazy. And in my mind, I talked about that for, for 25 years. They all tasted exactly the same. No way. They all tasted exactly the same. I could not differentiate one from the other. And in this, and the reason that I told you that is in this documentary, one of the things that they do is yeah. each person that they interview, they let them taste Coke and Pepsi and decide which one they, they like the best. That was brilliant. And they start tallying it. That was, that it's, was it's really that was brilliant. A great way it to is. Do it. That it was, is. Hey, whoever did that. Yeah. That was cool. Kudos. Was very, cool. very, very smart. So uh, I'll put that video out at some point. I just thought it was interesting that in my mind, I thought that I could remember exactly what they tasted like. But when I actually tasted them, it had been so long. So it didn't taste like anything. Coke and everything. They all just, tasted the same. You, you didn't remember. You no. didn't. That's cool. And it's, I and I think maybe if I drank it a lot, I right. could after a while. Yeah. But it was such a shock to my palate that I couldn't I couldn't wow. differentiate one from the other. Wow. Even the Mountain Dew, Ew. all of them you tasted mean that the was same. The same. They all tasted the yeah. same. And um, I so know. I know I'm probably unusual for not having drunk one in that period of time, mm-hmm. but that's factual. And like I say, she was a baby and she's 29. Yeah. So that was a long, long time ago. So let's get back to the story. So one of the brilliant things they did was doing the taste test between Coke and Pepsi. And, and they talk about the war between Coke and Pepsi. And that was part of the thing in the Philippines. What happened in the Philippines was Coke was eating their lunch. So they needed to do something to try to offset it. So, and when they did that contest, it did switch. Pepsi started being the king there and Coke started falling because people were seeing hope in buying Pepsi and the potential for changing their life by winning money and that kind of stuff. So these guys end up in court in New York. They end up, and they had a checklist, and it's brilliant the way they did this too. What we need is someone, we need uh, a, a good lawyer. We need a good judge. We need an impartial, we need an impartial jury. We need a jury trial. A jury they trial. were denied a jury trial. <laughs> the particular judge that they were uh, given or, or assigned mm-hmm. is a judge that is well known to be, uh, to side with corporations, corporations basically. Yeah. So it's almost like it was a setup. In my opinion, it was a setup. I felt it was a setup. Yeah. Is that how you felt about it? Yes. 
So they go, so there was a checklist and I won't give you all the things on the checklist, but there were several things in the, in the checklist that they were denied like a jury trial. Because if you get in front of 12 people and they see what Pepsi did to them, they're going to find in their yeah, favor. Yeah, see, they wanted a jury trial because he wanted everyday people like himself yeah. to listen to the case. Yeah. And the yeah. jury trial could be a, a, a plus or a minus. And uh, recently I heard of a story of a lady that was late 47 times to her job in 10 months. She got fired. She sued saying race discrimination and she was awarded by a jury $11 million, which is completely mm -hmm. ridiculous. The lady was late 47 times. Where they messed up was not firing her on the third time. Yeah, that's true. Hey, you work for the spa guy, three strikes, you're out. It's just that simple. I'm not messing with you 47 times. If you're not more serious about it than that, go home. That's fact. 47 times. That's how it works. That's how that's how it works. They they bent the rules, acquiesced to this person, and then ended up owing eleven million dollars which is complete BS in my opinion. Wow. So that's an example of a jury trial that went the wrong way that, than it should have gone. Yeah. So you, the problem is, is you never know when you're before a judge or you're before a jury, you just don't know how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, they end up in this, in this jury trial with this lady. And so I'm going to let Trey read to you what her findings are. Let me pull it up right here. Trey. Let's go back here and we're going to go. Uh, I'm going to do this. There it is right there. Her name is Judge Kemba Wood ruled in favor of Pepsi with the argument that, uh, listen to this, guys. You ready? <clears throat> here we go. Miss Judge Wood said, no objective person could reasonably have concluded that the commercial actually offered consumers a Harrier Jets. That was Miss Judges Judge Wood's ruling. And I would say to Judge Wood that no objective person hit it back, Billy, so I can say it right. Okay. I would say to Judge Wood this just by watching this documentary and seeing the facts that I saw and I heard both sides of the story that Judge Wood ruled in favor. I would say, Judge Wood, no objective person could reasonably have concluded that you as a judge could rule in favor for Pepsi in this case, in my opinion. Well, I'm going to say no objective person could reasonably have concluded that they were not offering a jet for 7 million Pepsi points. Mm -hmm. It was on a commercial. It flew down just like the hat, the leather jacket, the shirts, all the other stuff that people did get, you know, that little stuff. But when... Somebody won the big Swag. thing. Pepsi didn't want to pay up. That's right. And Pepsi, you took our money. You're his money. You took everybody else's money. You had some money. And uh, I, I think Thank, kid, you. Thank you very much. This kid is still old. He's not a kid any longer. He's probably your age, spot guy. Yeah. Uh, but he still is owed a jet. Yeah, I think so. And that, uh, what you just heard, that means that we've got about three minutes left. So the thing that, that is interesting is in her findings, you know, the judge will write out this long uh, dissertation of her findings yeah. and that kind of stuff. She even talked about that in the commercial, the kid wasn't wearing a helmet, flying the jet and stupid stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, what a moron. Hey judge, I'm calling you a moron. I am because that's just stupid. Look, this is a cut and dry thing. Either they offer the jet and the coats and the hats 
and the shirts, or they didn't. Either they followed the rules or they didn't follow the That's rules. That's right. They followed the rules and won the Jets. They set the rules. So Pepsi so, did. So Pepsi can make a commercial and take all of our money, millions and millions and millions of dollars, but they can't pay us when we, right. we give them money and follow their rules? It was false advertising but, on yeah. its face. Remember, the exact same commercial ran in Canada, and there was a disclaimer. And I'm, I'm not talking about after all this stuff happened at the same time they were running. So pretty much what they what the judge told to us is that people with a lot of money, they're not they're going to beat somebody that doesn't have enough money to uh, fight them. Pretty much. Yeah, and I would even wonder, and I'm not accusing anybody, but you would have to wonder if this judge that is sympathetic to corporations is not doesn't have a financial stake in it somehow. Yeah. That would be my question. Yeah, Tide had some good things to say about it. Yeah. He got he laughed and cussed a few yeah. things and uh his his take on it was pretty 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 funny. So, but hey, Todd's doing good. He's, you know, I think he just battled cancer or something. Yeah, he, he beat cancer again. He's still climbing the mountains. And they're he's still climbing. riding the motorcycles. And I'm talking about they go and climb Everest and they do all these still really friends. amazing They're stuff. They're still friends, you know? So anyway, we didn't want to divulge every single piece of it because we want you to go watch it. But I thought it was interesting enough to at least have this conversation about it because these people were railroaded. They did their part. Yep. They were they, There was an offer made on TV, not maybe an offer. It was there, black and white, mm -hmm. very simple to see. And they followed through when nobody thought that they would follow through, which is the American way, and were denied by a judge when they should have been offered a jury trial. Yeah. The reason they weren't is because they knew that if you get in front of a jury, mm. what's going to happen? Pepsi was going to lose. That's right. And Pepsi um, made it happen. They got yep. what they wanted. Yeah. They got them in New York City. And they got the judge they needed. That's it. Mm -hmm. Friends, thank y'all so much for watching. Tighten up every chance you get, Trey. And don't double dribble, Spa Guy. And <laughs> hey, and, and Spa Guy, you go win a jet. Make sure you get it. Hey, if I if they offer me a jet, I'm going to get it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> if not, you know, Hey, Spa Guy will get his jet, guys. Right? Hey. Comment below if y'all think Spa Guy would get his jet yeah. if it was a Spa Guy. If not, now, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> thank y'all so much for watching. And until next week. Tighten up.